This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. You're listening to the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is one minute past the hour of nine. Thank you so much to the wonderful girls of Femme Fatale for a very, very interesting show tonight. Make sure you tune in again next week for more on all of that. What a show we have for you tonight on Kiss My Arts 2. Completely different from the Femme Fatale girls and a show full of surprises full of wonderful new music from two very different artists. First up on Kiss My Arts, we have the pleasure of chatting with Kira Peru and The Brews. They are fierce, fiery and downright sexy. A riot of guitar licks, a rhythm section that's going to get so far under your skin you won't be able to tell it from your own pulse. Kira's vocals have been described as Sharon Jones meets Ella Fitzgerald. The band and their ever-evolving brand of Doom Pop are set to launch their brand new single, Step Into The Light, this Thursday the 25th of October at the Toff in town with support from Money For Rope. Kira Peru and The Brews unleash their sexy with us tonight, so stay tuned for that. Also on Kiss My Arts tonight, we explore another kind of sexy music, Imagine the rhythms of Latin America fused with the dynamic character of the piano, with intriguing experimental sounds that you've never heard before under the hands of a master virtuoso piano extraordinaire. Well, you'd have to hear it to believe it, and tonight on Kiss My Arts we chat with composer and piano virtuoso Daniel Rojas and have the pleasure of hearing his very new and brilliantly infectious genre-crossing music. So, kick back, relax, fill up that glass and enjoy an hour of the latest and greatest in new music on Kiss My Arts. Let's get the hour rolling with a little bit of Kira Peru and the Bruise. This one is a sultry, sexy little track. It's called When Your Love Is Not Enough. You're in Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. An incredibly sexy track from Kira Peru and The Brews, who are joining us on Kiss My Arts a little later in the show, so stay tuned for that. But first, imagine the rhythms of Latin America, fused with the dynamic character of the piano, with intriguing experimental sounds that you've never heard before, under the hands of a master virtuoso piano extraordinaire. Daniel Rojas combines the driving syncopated rhythms of his native Latin American music background along with his contemporary classical training to create a style that is truly unique. His latest CD release includes music of his own as well as that of Argentine composer Astor Piazzolla. The album weaves its way through the music of Rojas himself and Piazzolla, 
taking us on a journey of virtuoso playing, of Latin-inspired rhythms, and of intriguing experimentation that shows a master at work behind the ivories. Daniel's live shows are truly extraordinary. He improvises entire pieces of music right there on the spot, often getting the audience singing and clapping along. Rojas is a breath of fresh air and a truly unique artist amongst the classical music world. I can't wait to talk with him later in the show, but first, let's check out one of the tracks from his latest album. This one is from Piazzolla's History du Tango, which in English means the history of the tango. And the tango is a genre of music made popular by the Latin American composers. This particular track is called Bordel 1900. You're in Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Hi, this is Amber Nichols and you're listening to the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. You are indeed on the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is... 13 minutes past the hour of nine. Just before our little break then, you were listening to a track by Daniel Rojas, who we are speaking to later in the show. He has just released a brand new CD which uh, comprises music of his own, uh, some improvisations that he literally made up on the spot and also the music of Argentine composer Astor Piazzolla, which you just heard um, a little bit of just before break so stay tuned to hear more about life as a piano virtuoso but first Kira Peru and the Bruise. it's been a huge year for Kira they've collaborated with Paul Mack Blackfella Films and Mark Opitz and have been stunning audiences at industry showcase festivals they've toured with Kitty Daisy and Lewis the Preachers and Clary Brown and the Bang and Raquettes, as well as winning Triple J Unearth's APRA AMCOS Song Summit competition. Triple J have described Kira Peru and the Bruise by saying, and I quote, Some people sing and some people make you believe what they sing. You can feel the emotion in Kira Peru's voice. Kira's vocals have been described as Sharon Jones meets Ella Fitzgerald, which for me translates as sexy, edgy and having a killer set of lungs. The band and their ever-evolving brand of Doom Pop are set to launch their brand new single, Step Into the Light, this Thursday, the 25th of October at the Toff in town. We have Kira on the line to tell us all about it, but let's get into their groove first by checking out another one of their tracks. This one is a sexy track called The Lie. You're on Joy. Joy 94.9. That was a fantastic little track called The Liar, and that was Kira Peru and The Bruise, who we have on the line to speak to us tonight more about their music. Kira, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, fantastic. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a huge year for you guys and you're on tour again promoting your latest single, Step Into the Light. Yeah. So what can we expect from this new song and from your current round of gigs? Well, we've been working on a bunch of new tracks. So um, 
a lot of the set, maybe even half, is is new material that people wouldn't have heard before. And I think we've like been playing a lot more kind of pop-sounding songs than we ever have before. So the whole set's kind of got a vibe of it's a little bit more upbeat Mm -hmm. and fun. And we've got a new drummer, and that's kind of put a new flavour on stuff too. So it's an interesting change. So that's um so for for us Melbournians here, uh, you've got a gig this Thursday, I believe, at the Toff in town. Yes. So uh, that's um, that's fantastic for for us Melbourne people. Are you currently on tour? Um, in I believe you're from Newcastle, and you've been doing some gigs up and down the coast. Yeah. Um, where else are you heading on the tour? Uh, well, after we do the Toff, we've got a show at it. Um, Castle Maine mm-hmm. at the bridge and then I think we go to Brisbane and then uh, I think we're going to Tassie at some point and uh, uh, I don't know. All over the I'm place. All <laughs> yeah, so it's mostly East Coast, You can't keep up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm terrible at keeping up but uh, I think we're back down for Queensland Festival. Oh, up. fantastic. So, yeah. So um, you've had a pretty massive year. I've just read out your bio and it took forever. I mean, you guys have done so much this year. What's been um, a particular highlight for you so far? Yeah, uh, it's, it's hard to pick because we have really been so busy. Um, I've been collaborating with Paul Mack on his latest record and that's been really awesome. And it's been really great too to work with somebody who's obviously as seasoned and skilled as he is. So that's mm-hmm. really helped me in the latest round of recordings that we've been doing with the band. I just feel a little bit more confident in the studio more so than I've been before, which is really cool. But uh, what I'm really excited about at the moment is there's a new series um, about to start up on TV called Red Phone Now, which will be on the ABC, and we're performing the title sequence song. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm really excited to watch it, and it looks like a really fantastic series. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you, yeah. So um, what's a typical songwriting session like for you, Kira? Do you sort of sit down with pen and paper and come up with the lyrics and then sort of hand it over to the musicians, or, or how does it work for you? Yeah, I guess it just it starts with me mostly. I've got a couple of um, instruments sort of set up in my room, so depending on what mood I'm in, I kind of just have jams and, you know, mull stuff over with a glass of wine. And mm. So you actually are a singer and have a fantastic voice. Uh, are you? Do you perform and play instruments as well, or what's your kind of your what's your main thing? Yeah, I, I guess singing is my main thing. I do I do play instruments, but not live because I'm not really confident <laughs> enough. And I used to play keys in a band, but I reached a point where I sort of felt like I wanted to uh, focus more on being able to deliver the lyrics and stuff with more with as much um, yeah, absolutely. concentration as I could. So I just decided I'd leave all the hard work to the boys. And, um, <laughs> You know, if I'm not playing any instruments, it's heaps easier for me to get drunk. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. So where does the inspiration for your lyrics come from, Kira? Uh, I don't know. I guess... Uh, d- That's d- a tough d- one. Depending on the subject matter, but probably just my feelings and my life experiences. I've, there's a couple of songs that I've written for friends um, who've been going through hard times, I guess, as a sort of 
gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I it just depends. Mm-hmm. I guess the energy that's got flowing around at the time, anything that feels particularly, um, I don't know, compelling to me, depending on where I am. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Breakups, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, you guys sort of d- define your genre as doom pop, which I... I googled and there's no wiki um, there's no, there's no wikipedia entry for doom pop and when there's no wiki entry you think well you know what the hell is it that you know there, there's obviously um, there's other bands that define themselves by that but what actually is it I couldn't find any information well it kind of just started off as a joke I guess because we so you guys made it up I really despise that question of what genre are you? Because I don't, I don't really know, and I guess we just kind of write music organically and hope that yeah, it absolutely. speaks for itself. But doom music is like a brand of metal, and it's usually quite slow and um, groovy and quite melodic as far as metal music goes. And pop music is obviously, well, short for popular music, yeah, but yeah. Um, it's kind of a bit catchy, I suppose, and repetitive, and it's got that kind of... Um, I don't know, just, you know, just pop music. So Doom Pop, I guess, would be the meeting place of those two genres. And really it was just kind of out of uh, a loss to kind of define a a genre that did describe us. We just went with that. Went with that. (laughs) And it's it's really cool. I like it. It's really fantastic. (laughs) So, Kira, where, I guess we're going sort of winding the clock back a little bit um, with this question, but where did it all begin for you with your music? Were you always involved with music from a young age? Um, From maybe my mid to late teens, I guess, is when I really started to feel like that was something that I wanted to do. I was pretty shy as a kid and I didn't really fancy the idea of being in front of people consistently. <laughs> and here and you I are. Still don't. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Depending on the day, depending on what mood I'm in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I guess I just um, decided at one point or another that it was something that I felt like I might want to do and explored that in my sort of late teens. Never really sang in public or had a band or anything, though, until I was in my early 20s mm-hmm. um, when I met these guys and it sort of. We started as a joke band, really, like just something to do and something to, you know, fill up, fill in time before, you know. <laughs> and there uh, you go. But, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, we started, it just sort of started becoming serious before we knew it, and now we're on the road. <laughs> World famous on tour. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what would you be doing if you weren't a musician? Did you have any aspirations to be anything in particular when you were a kid? Um, um, I guess all of the arts are quite appealing to me. I, I really like to draw and paint, but I mm-hmm. hardly feel like I have the clarity or the time to do so these days. I love photography, and I would probably want to be a photographer, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I love fashion and styling as well. I don't know what I'd do. Well, perhaps you can combine all of those things in with your music somehow. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I try to, I guess. just depends. Uh, so, um, are you guys, are you in the studio at any point in the future? Are you planning on a, a new release, an EP or anything? That you can, yeah. Yep. We're in the studio at the moment and we're recording a bunch of the new tracks. We don't, we still don't know yet if it's going to be an EP or an LP. We're sort of working with our producer to figure out what 
um, songs there and whether it's worth um, making the handful that we've got done now into a into a an LP mm-hmm. or not. Um, and in fact, the new single "Step Into the Lights" hasn't been finished yet because we've been so busy touring. Um, but what we're going to do is at the shows we're going to take people's email addresses and send it out to them for free. Because um, I was I was hoping to actually broadcast that song tonight and I couldn't find it anywhere. I was thinking, where yeah. is this damn song? And it hasn't even been released yet, so there you go. Yeah, I guess that's just the nature of the beast when you do yeah. it so frequently. You have a lot less time to do all the other really cool stuff, which is obviously recording and getting that stuff out. But we, um, as a compensation to all of our fans who've been waiting for new stuff we're going to send it out for free as soon as we have it oh fantastic yeah so um if if our listeners are keen to to join up to a mailing list or to to check out more of your music and sort of stay tuned with what you're up to do you have a, a website or a facebook or something people can go to yeah, Facebook's probably the best at this stage. The website's sort of still in construction at the moment, but Facebook's probably the easiest. And is that Kira Peru and the Bruise all one word on Facebook? Yep. Fantastic. I guess you can Google everything these days anyway. Absolutely. Kira, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight. Um, thank you so much for your time and all the best with the gig on Thursday. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. All the best. Thank you. You too. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Kira Peru from Kira Peru and the Brews. If you're keen to check out more of their music, head to facebook.com forward slash Kira Peru and the Brews. That's K-I-R-A-P-U-R-U and the Brews. And they have their gig this Thursday at the Toff in town. You're on Kiss My Arts on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Uh, up next on Kiss My Arts, we chat with composer, improviser and piano virtuoso Daniel Rojas about his incredibly unique blend of Latin American music and classical music. He, uh, here is one of his new tracks from his latest CD. This piece was made up on the spot during one of his recording sessions. No practice, no agonising over getting the right notes. What you hear is what came out of this genius at that precise moment. He simply called it Latin Piano Expression Number 1. Enjoy. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Oh my gosh, I have to catch my breath after that one. That was Daniel Rojas and his improvised piece, which was called simply called Latin Piano Expression. Number one, Daniel combines the driving syncopated rhythms of his native Latin American music background along with his contemporary classical training to create a style that is truly unique. His latest album takes us on a journey of virtuoso playing, as you just heard there, of Latin inspired rhythms and of intriguing experimentation. You may have heard him slapping the piano strings at the end of that piece. Uh, We have Daniel Rojas on the line right now to talk to us all about his music. Daniel, are you there? I am certainly here. How are you? (laughs) I'm fantastic. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Thank you very, very so much. Uh, You have a absolutely incredibly unique style. Daniel, Take us back to where it all began for you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Actually, I'll put the accent. Yeah, on. I knew. I was going <laughs> to see how long that was going to last. <laughs> I liked it. Sure. <laughs> where does it all come from? My God. Well, probably a few hundred generations of Latin American indigenous and Spanish. They all mixed and matched 
in Peru and Chile. I've got a Peruvian mother from the jungle of Peru and a Chilean father. They met in Peru and um, they actually produced me in Peru. No and way. <laughs> Chile, there you go. <laughs> and and so, um, so what kind of uh, music were you influenced by when you were a child? Was it your native um, Latin American music? A lot of native Latin American music, yes. Also, uh, a lot of classical music. My mm-hmm. parents were avid listeners of uh, classical music, especially Beethoven and Bach. And I would pester them whenever we'd go to the market. So I'd be like, what, four, five, six years old? I'd ask them to buy me LPs, which back then would be the equivalent to about 20 cents, you know, in the old, um, wow. old second-hand markets, right? So I'd buy all these LPs. And I just played them uh, ad nauseum until, uh, you know, round and round and round until I memorized a lot of these pieces. And I just had a lot of musical education before I even started studying music. So you've had this sort of unique blend of Latin American music along with the sort of classical uh, Western tradition of music. And somehow you've managed to fuse all of that together into this very unique style of music that we've heard here tonight. Is that is that correct? You're very generous. You know, a lot of people say that my, what I do is actually quite unique. I'm, I don't think that it is. I just don't think about it in those terms, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but I guess if enough people are saying that, then I should start believing it. <laughs> <laughs> Go with it. True. Go with it. So yeah. what would you say then um, are you influenced by now? Right. Look, I've, I've kind of a... a accrued a whole stack of uh, influences throughout my lifetime. More recently, however, I think I've really gone into a lot of classical Latin American composers. Mm-hmm. My favorite, my two absolute, actually I have to include three, my absolute favorites in order, third to one, would be, uh, uh, what's his name, Silvestre Revueltas, a Mexican composer of the first half of the 20th century. Then uh, Astor Piazzolla, Mm-hmm. Who's uh, my number two favorite? Who is this? I feature some music of his in the CD. And my number one is Astor Piazzolla's teacher, Alberto Ginastera. Both Astor Piazzolla and Ginastera are both Argentinian. And I, by listening to what they have done with uh, certain or a lot of the folk idioms in South America and also beyond, uh, I've kind of like tried to emulate what they do and how they manipulate the, the various rhythms and the various melodic and harmonic gestures. Uh, I experiment a lot by playing them on the piano, perhaps slapping strings and mm. case uh, as well, which is more of a, I guess, a Western influence, you know, like the more contemporary music sure. mm-hmm. uh, of the 20th century, looking at alternative colors, not just the traditional way of playing the keys, right? Um, so I've had that influence as well. But I'm, I'm an avid listener of uh, indigenous music from, South, from various parts of South America, also of uh, folk music, and, and as well as a lot of popular music. You could probably hear a lot of the salsa influence in yeah. that last piece as well. And even a lot of um, jazz influences in some of your pieces as well. Yeah, true. But although I'm not a jazz player. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I'm not a jazz player at all. I mean, I improvise, but... Um, well, and I have. Uh, there's interesting. Some organisations actually do call me a bit of a jazz player, but I'm, I don't think I am. I'm not jazz trained. So, how uh, would you define yourself then? That's a hard a one, isn't it? As a musician, yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> well, you know, I think music is music, and. Um, we, we all just happen to grow up with different backgrounds, different preferences, we have different styles, different genres, you know, upbringings and so forth. And I think although music is music, we just have different expressions of it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, 
in the past, I used to think in terms of, oh, I'm trying to mix Latin American music with classical music and uh, trying to see how, you know, if I mix this rhythm with this particular harmony, you know, you know say Messian or something like that, I wonder what that will produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a fair bit of that. I mean, I'm now well into my 30s and, you know, I haven't, I'm not exactly a little baby. So I've been experimenting for quite some time. And I was getting to the point where I have to admit that I am just not so concerned about um, promoting myself as a Latin pianist or as a um, classical pianist that's kind of crossed over to Latin American. I don't even consider I, I don't even consider myself anymore as a crossover artist. I'm just mm. a musician, and I think if we kind of start looking in, perhaps in that direction, we stop seeing different types of music, and uh, we just start realizing that there's a lot more commonalities than we think. Daniel, I would love to pick your brains a little bit more about this in a second. We just have to take a short uh, sponsorship break and we'll be right back. Hold the line. I want to hear more about this. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9 and I have the absolute pleasure of having Daniel Rojas, a musician, on the line to talk about his music. Daniel, are you still there? Of course I am. <laughs> so I'm just, I've just defined you now just as a musician. How's that feel? I I am being a bit cheeky. Daniel, it was interesting um, before you mentioned that to you, it's really just about expression. And um, that is is quite appropriate given the fact that you've just released um, an album, a CD called Spontaneous Piano Expressions. It's called Latin Piano Latin. The Spontaneous, spontaneous. Piano Expressions is the name of the concert that I'm doing on Saturday. So, Okay, so speak to us a little bit about the concert. The concert, okay. Well, the concert's primarily about uh, improvisation, although there will be two Astor Piazzolo pieces, there and also a few short Latin American uh, folk pieces uh, interspersed mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. Okay, but primarily it is about um, improvising and creating music that's completely unscripted. Well, almost completely unscripted. I'll, I'll qualify that in a moment. Uh, so that um, so that we're creating music before uh, with the audience. So at the same time, so okay, well, some of the things that I do, like I'll talk to the audience and I'll say, okay, who has who here has a um, a name that belongs to the musical alphabet A B C D E and F and G, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and somebody say, oh me, like uh, my name is uh, starts with C. What's your name, Cecil? Or and what's your name? My name's uh, let me see, uh, Fatima. So C and F, and then perhaps someone starts with B, etc. So I'll choose four or five, right? And then perhaps I think about, mm, perhaps you kind of strike me as more of a bold sort of person, so I'll play, and his name is Cecil, and so maybe it's C. Sharp. Somebody's kind of more like B and B flat, a bit more laid back sort of thing. So then I'll choose those notes and create a piece with uh, that includes those notes as the main theme, right? And then develop something that's really cool and perhaps explore, you know, perhaps the dynamics that are happening in the room or perhaps with the sort of things that I see that I feel they're... Um, uh, of the personality, although I'm not a clairvoyant or anything like that, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't mind read or anything like that. But I mean, it's just my impressions, right? And so we play fun games like that. Then occasionally we'll get people to kind of do some, clap some rhythms, perhaps um, chant some song or chant, chant, well, sing a chant or something—a very quick, easy one that I teach them. Get them to do it in two part, two voices. While I then improvise around it and then kind of get them to stop and then get them to start again. Create something that's a bit rhythmic and do something that's quite a lot of fun. You know, and then of course there's all the other stuff that uh, you know that I'll do complete solos, exploring just the color of the piano without playing any notes. The times I'll perhaps just do a short piece only using two or three notes, and so forth. That is absolutely incredible. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, it's so fun. you literally create these pieces of music on the spot. Yes, just the same way as we have a conversation. You know, like you, we all improvise. We all kind mm. of like, um, mm. whenever we do something that we don't expect, we're responding. It's the same sort of thing except with music. So when you were talking before about it, it simply being, being an expression, is that kind of the ultimate uh, expression for you, improvising? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Is it the ultimate uh, artistic expression? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Ultimate artistic expression... Um, yes, in some way it is. There is no room to be outside the moment when you're improvising. You have to be completely present. You have to, in a sense, blank out from everything and just focus 110% on what you're doing, but at the same time not judge it. Mm-hmm. Way through it, you've got to be thinking in terms of structure, but not actually not even thinking. You've got to feel the structure see what's going to feel right and what's going to feel right in three minutes' time and what felt right two minutes ago and then kind of pulling together. At the same time, however, um, there is something to be said about uh, composing a piece of music where you actually, as you, you yourself are a wonderful composer and you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yet. Oh, you thank you. Piano and then you kind of write, write, you bust your brain sometimes and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got to stop and take a break right, and then continue. I think there are moments, however... Uh, during that composition pro, uh, process, which are com- uh, a very um, a com- a very complete sense of expression, right? And then when you hear it, of course, it's some total of all those times that you've actually spent mm-hmm. composing all mm-hmm. those pieces, right? And uh, then you think, okay, that worked, that didn't, etc. When you're improvising, you don't have that choice. Right? You don't have, okay, look, when you're composing, you can edit things, you can change things around, you can play things back. When you're composing in front of people, however, or in other words, improvising, you don't have that luxury. It happened if you make a mistake or if you did something silly, you just got to go on and got to continue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't stop and judge yourself. Um, also, another thing, like when I play other composers' works, like Astor Piazzolo, Inestero, Beethoven, or Bach, um, it's a very, very different form of self expression. Uh, as well, and it's actually quite a satisfying one. Sometimes you play better, sometimes you don't play so well. Um, sometimes you'll, you'll bring out a certain aspect of the composition, other times you'll play down that aspect. So it's quite um, uh, quite dynamic in that sense as well. I, I really think that, you know, if I'm kind of like improvising this response as we go, but I think that if I were to draw a conclusion on this little minor verbal essay, I would have to say that they all have um, various forms of semi-ultimate uh, exp- artistic expressions mm-hmm. and they all have their, their own unique form. My favourite, however, would have to be improvisation. Because um, is it true that the um, the piano expressions that you have on your CD are actually improvised? Uh, yes, okay. So the CD is structured... Um, there are 11 tracks in the CD and interspersed throughout the CD there's Latin piano expression 1, then 2, 3 and 4 every few tracks. They are all entirely improvised from beginning to end. So in the, re- in the studio, you literally press record and whatever it was that came out of you at that moment has been captured? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Isn't absolutely. that fantastic? That is oh. truly incredible. Is, is, there, um, is there a lot of other artists out there in the classical music world that are sort of embracing improvisation like this or is this something quite different? Actually, that's a good question. So I guess I am rather unique then. Look, I know a lot of very, very good um, classical musicians who are brilliant improvisers um, within their, their niche. For example, at their, the, um, in Melbourne, for example, I know there's a couple of wonderful uh, avant-garde 
composers who also do a lot of avant-garde improvisation, mm-hmm. right? There are also, I know, I have a couple of colleagues of mine here at, at the Sydney University who are uh, specialists in in uh, early music, we call early music like Baroque music and Renaissance mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Okay, and within that, uh, a lot of the style that, uh, part of the genre is actually they have to improvise with certain given chords. Right, they're quite good at that. But I don't see too many classical pianists doing this kind of improvisation. In fact, who I see a lot uh, doing this sort of stuff are jazz musicians. Yeah, which is probably why wonderful. you've been labelled as a jazz musician um, in the past. By some people, yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I am so not a jazz musician. Like, yeah. I mean, I not play Charlie Parker or mm. uh, I really can't play the blues, you know, in proper idiom. No, I know the, the structures and I know what you can do, but uh, you put me next to someone who really knows how their jazz, uh, you know, you can really tell immediately that they know what they're doing and I don't. I guess they just see you improvising and associate that with, with jazz. Yeah, so which is really funny because once upon a time, if you look at history, composers were just used to improvising. Like Bach would get up absolutely. and do a four, five, six part fugue on an organ. Right? No problem. Just off the drop of a hat. Mozart would actually charm, you know, the audiences, his, his audiences in the courts just by making up something on the spot. So essentially, Daniel, you're actually um, taking music back to where it started. You're, you're, it's, it's vintage, what you're doing. <laughs> Bit retro, hey? <laughs> Bit retro. <laughs> so, Daniel, you've actually performed in both um, classical and world music ensembles in, in the past, but this yeah. project that we're talking about now, you, it's entirely solo, piano solo. Solo piano. Uh, so how do you compare the collaborative music-making process to going solo? Collaborative music progress is wonderful in that it's very social and you can interchange uh, a lot of ideas, you can exchange rather a lot of ideas and um, kind of motivate each other that way. Um, when you're doing a solo album, it's very introspective. It's mm-hmm. very lonely um, when you're practicing because, I mean, you've got to remember that I don't, it's, although it's improvised, doesn't mean that I get away with no practice. Right, I still have to practice hours and hours every day to maintain technique, to improve technique, to develop the process of improvisation as well. And I do believe that going to the gym may also be part of that process. <laughs> You've been looking at my Facebook I've photos. been stalking your Facebook photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to buff up when you're a, a, a concert uh, performer. That's true, exactly. No, you can't be a virtuoso just by sitting on the lounge. No, no, exactly. And I've got a, a personal trainer who's also... My graphic designer for the CD, Ethan Drozd, who's yeah, right. phenomenal in absolutely everything in design as well as, as, well as um, in, in fitness and stuff. So he you know, keeps me pretty motivated, and if I lose motivation, he gives me a good, you know... Drop down and give me 20 kind of thing. something like that (laughs) hey why didn't you go to the gym this week say okay all right we're going tomorrow (laughs) you say it's not my normal kind of expression you know that's right it's a performing expression i'll be improvising my exercise (laughs) (laughs) well he's not very into improvising exercise i can tell you that no did we did we just get really sidetracked from that question (laughs) no not at all it's all improvisation you you know you sidetrack and improv you can't sidetrack from improvisation we're improvising Absolutely. Um, we were talking about collaboration and um, solo performances, though, and um, and how they differ. And so this is this CD release of yours, um, as you said, eleven tracks, um, solo piano. And as we've heard on some of the um, oh, the songs, the pieces we've heard tonight, um, it is incredibly. Uh, virtuosic. There is a lot of stuff going on in those pieces. What kinds of things do go into preparing for a concert such as this or preparing for a recording such as this? Okay. Um, 
That's a very, very good question. It's a very big one as well. Mm. Look, on one hand, you've got to maintain the technical work, all right, all around, arpeggio scales, chromatic scales, you know, all these other, you know, finger, five-finger exercises, you know. Brown, so you've got to take your fingers to the gym. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of gym work for the fingers, absolutely. And um, because when you're improvising, you don't know what is going to happen. You don't. You have to be ready for a whole stack of different case scenarios, right? Mm. Um, so you might take a turn and all of a sudden you're playing uh, using a, t- a certain technique that you, uh, you perhaps haven't worked on. Well, hopefully you have, right? So you need to maintain all those things, um, uh, you know, you have to maintain them. Otherwise, you know, when you, you might get stuck in certain things. On, then on the, at the same, uh, pretty much at the same time, you've got to keep up the creativity, Right, mm. found that sometimes, like I, I just immerse myself weeks of just technical work, technical work, and then I get to improvising, and it just completely goes down the tube. It sounds really, really prosaic, and you know, nothing, no magic whatsoever. And so then I start getting worried. So then I start kind of going to the other end, You're doing the thesis antithesis thing that Hegel talks about. So I go into just being creative, 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 and then I realize after a few days of that, then oh, okay, I've got the technique, but I'm kind of beginning to. And when I turn a corner, I'm kind of missing that. I'm not doing all that well with certain mm. Gaelic sort of movements, you know, using black and white keys, whatever. So now I kind of, I think I have a, a far better balance of where, you know, I'll do a couple of hours of technique and then a couple of hours of improv. Um, and then, of course, on top of that, you've got to practice the process of creation as well. Absolutely. Right? Because I don't, I never prepare, um, I never prepare a, a, an improvisation from beforehand. It always has to be completely, completely fresh. Mm. I did try that once upon a time. Um, many years ago, probably about 10, 12 years ago, where I actually prepared an improvisation uh, and you know, the ideas and so forth, and I played them on stage, and it completely sucked. It was really, really bad because um, you know I was trying to repeat what I did before, and it was magic when I first came up with the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just um, average run of the mill. Now I just have to trust that the magic is going to happen. And well, the funny thing is that it never lets you down if you just like. Daniel, um, I I could speak to you for hours about this stuff, and indeed we have spoken for hours over coffee about this stuff in the past. Um, So just quickly, we will have to wrap it up um, because we've got another fantastic show coming on um, in just a couple of minutes. But um, you do have a recital. Now, unfortunately, um, you're not in Melbourne for this recital um, this time around. Next year. year? year My manager's booking some things in Melbourne at the moment. So um, for for Sydney siders who are listening to this right now, could you just, um, just remind us the details? of your recital this yes I'm doing a recital called spontaneous piano expressions uh, it's on this Saturday 27th of October it starts at 7:30 p.m. Uh, I've got a Facebook page which I'd love you to, to check out and uh, feel free to like and share it's facebook.com slash d-r-o-j-a-s composer all one word d Rogers composer and um there there's plenty of information about um about the uh, about the performance and so forth fantastic and i do believe you have a danielrojas.com as well .com.au rojas note is with a j r o j a s fantastic daniel it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you tonight thank you so much for your time Thank you so much, Amy. It's been absolutely phenomenal. So much fun. So much fun. Thank you so much for all your wise words and all the best. <laughs> We're going to actually leave the show with your Latin piano expression number three. Wonderful. Thank Fantastic. You. All the best, Daniel. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye.
Thank you so much to Daniel Rojas and uh, also to Kira from Kira Peru and the Brews. I'm going to leave you with Daniel's Latin piano expression number three. Coming up next, we've got Bella and the Indie Loop. You're on Joy 94.9. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.